the podcast for your total quality assurance provider, Intertech. I am Seth Martin Wick with Intertech's Business Assurance Group. Today's episode was recorded live at Ethical Sourcing Forum 2018 in Arkansas. Our speaker for this episode is Kelly Hoggle from Amphori. Kelly discusses Amphori's three key offerings, BSCI, BEPI, and advocacy, and how they are shaping the world of social compliance and sustainability in trade. Without further ado, here is Kelly Hoggle, recorded live at ESF Bentonville. Kelly Hoggle and I'm representing M4E. Um, I am the network representative for the U.S. and Canada. So the organization itself is based out of Brussels, Belgium, and I am covering the territory over here in North America. So I essentially act as an ambassador for M4E. I listen to the members' needs, send them back to, to M4E, and also translate whatever's going on into, at, at headquarters and around the world to the members here locally. So I will cover specifically BSCI today and a lot of the details around BSCI, but I do want to give you a little bit of context of who we are. There sometimes is confusion. So Amphori is our umbrella organization. They were originally founded in um, 1977, so we're 41 years old this year. We were founded as the Foreign Trade Association, um, and we have three services, BSCI, Amphori BEPI, and Amphori Advocacy. So Amphori Advocacy was our first service. That was our original service to members. We were advising members on trade policy, uh, issues that they have with trade, promoting free trade agreements, and we're working with governments and stakeholders to um, promote the needs and interests of our members. BEPI I'll cover shortly, but that is our environmental program. It stands for Business Environmental Performance Initiative. We are the leading nonprofit business association of global commerce that enables organizations to enhance human prosperity, use natural resources responsibly, and open and drive open tra- trade globally. So we call this trade with purpose. We very much believe in business. It's, trade is very necessary for the world to exist, especially in our modern world. Uh, but we believe that it should be done responsibly by and not only with uh, who we're working with, but for others around the world. So as I mentioned, we are founded as a foreign trade association. Just this last year, or this year in January, we changed our name to Amphori in order to try to implement um, our, all three of our, service, our services together. So we are focusing on trade, and then we're obviously focusing on, um, on doing it responsibly, so socially and environmentally. BSCI itself launched in 2003 at the behest of our members. So we had members who were already conducting audits around the world against their own proprietary codes of conduct, as Alma was alluding to earlier. Um, And they were working in the same factories. So they noticed that they were having a duplication of efforts. It was duplication of resources. So they came to us and asked us to form, um, to try to help, help them with this issue. So the solution with BSCI, and I'll obviously jump into that shortly, but it provides one avenue for our members to address social compliance issues and to do it in a collaborative manner. So they're not just doing their own uh, activities in parallel, but they're working in tandem with one another. In 2014, BEPI launched, and that uh, is addressing specifically environmental performance issues within the supply chain. It's important to note that BSCI does touch on environment, but um, on a higher level, BEPI takes a deep dive into environmental performance issues. Our vision is a world where all trade delivers social, environmental, and economic trade benefits for everyone. So you can see here where we're active in terms of staff and representation. We also have a lot of representation like RAP around the world. So we are on 24-7, able to assist not only our members, but either their suppliers or producers or whoever it may be. 
We have an office in China based in Hong Kong, Bangladesh, India, Turkey, um, and we also just hired someone in Latin America last week. She is based in Argentina and she will cover the region down there and I am in North America. We also have network representatives, so my same role. They're based in Europe, where we have our larger majority base, uh, membership base. So they are representing the members and their interests there. Again, our headquarters is in Brussels. Um, we have 100 location countries where we have sustainability operations, so where audits are being conducted, essentially. And then we have members that are coming from 43 countries. As of June 1st, we have 2,274 members who represent 1.7 trillion euros in combined annual revenue. Altogether, our members have added 57,000 factories and farms to our platform. So this is specifically within BSCI. These are tier one um, and they are all relevant numbers because we, we do a cleaning of the database very frequently where we uh, erase duplicate factories and farms and also um, for those that don't have any audit information and they aren't attached to members. So this is a very relevant number. We're obviously very big um, and we cover all industry sectors. So we're not just focused on one sector, um, but we do have some special uh, specific audits for farms, which I'll get into shortly. Here you can see a snapshot of our membership. I did put mostly North American retailers and brands on here, but we do obviously have a lot of representation out of Europe. Um, Auto Group is a large, uh, a large company out of Germany, but they own Crate & Barrel, who is also participating in BSCI. Um, Aldi is based out of Germany, Lidl, and then we have Walmart, Canadian Tire, two huge retailers, uh, Lee & Fung, of course. So um, you can see that they're representing many different retail, sec retail sectors as well as product sectors. As I mentioned, we have 2,274 members as of June 1st, and we've been growing steadily over the years. And here specifically in the US and Canada, since that's the territory that I represent, we have currently 94 members. So last year at this time, we had nine members and we have experienced significant growth. I think it's around 1300%. Um, so the ones in blue are gonna be members headquartered here in the US and Canada, and the ones in green, they are headquartered in Europe, but they have, they're active in participating with our services, whether it's BSCI or BEPI here in the States and in Canada as well. And I'm over there, I'm based in Seattle. <laughs> no members there yet. Altogether, we have uh, largely uh, small to medium enterprises that make up our membership. So 75%, which is a little bit below the, the total average. I think that's around 82%. So most of our organizations that we're working with have a annual revenue of less than 100 million euros. Um, so they're smaller. They don't always have a dedicated sustainability person working with them, but we do provide resources and avenues to try to get them involved um, and to get them up to speed and do uh, just take as much of the burden off of them as possible so that they can address the issues that they're looking to address. 62% of the members here in North America have also identified themselves as importers. So what we offer, um, I'll take a deep dive into BSCI in a moment. BEPI, again, is our environmental initiative. So we help companies monitor and improve environmental performance in their supply chains. We do not start with an audit within BEPI. It's a completely different approach. Uh, members map their the environmental performance areas that are important to them, that are material to them and to their stakeholders. And then they begin to assess their supply chain to determine where uh, within their supply chain they need to begin to address those issues. 
So once they have decided, so say they want to address wastewater, they, they work with their producers who potentially have wastewater issues. The producers are going to complete a self-assessment questionnaire providing data based off of their environmental performance, uh, and then they work to improve with them there. So later on, there could be an audit or chemical management audit or something of the like, uh, but it is a very practical way and it's an easy way. So it's very flexible and it's easy in the, in the sense that it's flexible. So you can take off just a little bit of a time work on certain issues um, and then later begin to address other issues. So there you're not uh, members are not required to address all uh, all 12 performance areas at once. They have the, the flexibility to address ones that are more pertinent to their business at the time. And for advocacy, as I mentioned, we are engaging the local and global levels, so governments and stakeholders, to shape an environment where members can trade openly and sustainably. So that is going to be uh, services that we offer that are mostly pre-decisions. So prior to regulation and legislation being passed. Um, we, again, work on trade issues, but most recently we started to work in sustainability legislation. So things like uh, California Transparency Supply Chains Act or UK Modern Slavery Act, even though those are older, we are still advising members and providing guidance to them on how they can uh, meet the needs that those legislations require. And then we're also following and tracking other due diligence legislation that's coming out of France and the Netherlands, Australia and other places as well. And then representing the needs of our business members, our, our members and their, um, their needs to, to relevant stakeholders. So post-decision, whether it comes from the government regulation or requirements from customers or it's just self-initiated, we provide Enforib EPI and Enforib BSCI as a solution to meet their sustainability needs. Okay, so we'll dive directly into BSCI. Uh, we have a single code of conduct that all of our members strive to achieve uh, with down throughout their supply chain. It is also based off of ILO uh, core conventions as, as is RAPS and others in the room. Also the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development and the UN Guiding Principles on Business and Human Rights. There is one single code, so there are no alterations to the code. All producers are required to, to cascade down this, this code, uh, all members, to their, throughout their supply chain. There is one audit that is conducted per site, and members share that audit. They do so in a way that is anonymous, so you can't see who else is sourcing from this factory if you are indicating as, uh, as if you are in, within the platform. And I'll show you a little bit of what that looks like. We do believe that worker involvement and grievance mechanisms are key to being um, socially responsible. So they are incorporated in BSCI. Um, and then the supply and cascade effect is something that um, we, we believe is the way forward for, for the industry. So not only addressing issues at your tier one producers, but also cascading, requiring that your tier one to cascade the BSCI code of conduct down to their sub suppliers. So currently this is incorporated within the audit itself. We are asking producers, what are they doing? How are you informing your, your suppliers about uh, the expectations that you have in terms of social responsibility? Um, but now we are releasing a new sustainability platform that will be released next year. And that will give ways for members to practically map that out to see what, what's actually happening down the supply chain. So we have three specific audit methodologies. Um, again, the, the first one is compatible for all sectors, food and non-food. This is the one that is used the most. It's for, for industrial type facilities that have 35 or more workers. Um, there is one main auditee that's audited and there is a single audit report that is a result of that audit. 
We have a multi-tier audit. So this is specifically for the food industry. So for example, if you have a packing house for raspberries, then that main oddity will be audited and a sampling of the farms that are supplying to that main oddity will also be assessed to determine how the BSAI code of conduct is being implemented. Last is our small producer assessment. This was released on June 8th, so very recently. Um, we're still cascading that out to our auditors and our audit companies, but basically it's for industrial type facilities only, so no farms, no food um, that have 35 or less workers. So we understand that these types of facilities do not have as robust management systems as say a larger facility with you know 200 or 1,000 workers. So we have provided an audit methodology specifically for these small producers assessment and it is lovingly called the spa, which is not as fun as it sounds. So um, this is what uh, just a snapshot of our platform so you have an idea of what it looks like. This is a very small piece of it, but it is an example of a producer list. So when I say producer, I'm talking about um, the industrial facilities that are audited or the farms. I'm not talking about supplier, which is also an option up there, but that's going to be an intermediary like a vendor or an agent or an importer which may also be your role. Um, so you can see here that you have one single place where you can track the audit status of your factories or farms. Um, and you can also, you don't have to do this in Excel anymore. You have all the information about the factories, their address or contact information um, and their audit status and, as well as their audit history. And it's all in one place. So as I mentioned, there's only one audit that's conducted at, a, at each site. And on average, according to the information in our system, we have 4.7 members that are linked to one single producer. So sometimes there's not gonna be any members linked to a producer and other times we actually have up to 40 and 50 members that are linked to one producer. So in order to uh, determine who is responsible for ensuring that the audit is conducted, we have one single member that elects to take what we call RSP. So that is our system. Um, it's, RSP stands for responsibility. So it essentially means that one member is saying, hey, I will be the person to ensure that I communicate to the factory that they're going to have a BSCI audit. I will direct them to the resources that BSCI provides. So we give them a self-assessment, um, Everything that is asked during the audit, how the audit goes, all of that is addressed directly um, and transparently. Um, so the, the producers and the members have access to what actually happens in the audit. That's all available to them. And we also provide training for them. Um, and then the, the RSP holder will also uh, work with the audit company to have the audit requested. So you can choose which audit company you'd like to work with. Intertech is obviously one of our approved audit companies. And, um, and then they'll follow up with the factory after the audit has taken place and ensure that the remediation plan is created by the producer. So they're the ones that are actively working with the producer to ensure that they're ready for the audit and that they uh, are also responding to the findings of the audit. Um, and from there, they, uh, all the other members are able to benefit from, uh, from the audit results. So one single audit report is released and everyone has access to that. There's not a special, uh, a special audit specifically for the RSP holder. So most of the time this works out well, especially for members with a larger supply chain, because again, there's a lot of overlap. Um, that means that one of your producers that you're working with may already have an audit and another may not. So there's one audit saved there and, uh, and then you can have control over the audit status for the next one. So after the audit is conducted, there are ratings that, that are released within 10 business days and they range from A through E, so A, B, C, D or E. 
the factory, each question itself within the audit, we have 127 questions. Each of them are ranked based off of level of cruciality. So things like, uh, is, is the producer meeting the expectations and requirements for forced labor? Uh, yes, partially or no. If they're not meeting it, then that's going to have a negative impact on their overall rating, on their overall score. So the rating also determines, determines the, the audit cadence for the producer and what needs to happen next. If the producer receives an A or B rating, then they have uh, an audit that is valid for 24 months. So they aren't required to have any follow-up audits. They obviously can still create a remediation plan, communicate to, um, to you and to their customers uh, what they're doing in order to remediate any findings, but it tells us that it did not have any major findings or any crucial findings. So they're not gonna have any blatant issues there. If the producer receives a CD or E rating, they are required to have a follow-up between two and 12 months. So the, the audit will expire at month 12, uh, but we encourage them to have the audit as soon as they've remediated the issues. A snapshot of the audits that we're performing, as you saw, we have 57,000 factories and farms. Uh, the past couple of years on average, we're conducting around 20,000 audits a year, uh, with the majority of them being in China. Of course, there's, I think there's around 33,000 factories that are listed there that our members have added to our system. So very huge. Um, and also this number, you know, according to the audit cadence, the, not every factory will have an audit every year. So because of the large number of audits that we're conducting every year, it's important, it's super imperative to us as well as to our members that they are going to be of the highest quality as possible and be done in, in the most ethical way. So last two years ago, we had our, our audit integrity program assessed by an external party. They assessed us against, benchmarked us against all the other programs out there and did rank us to be the highest, but they did give us some feedback on ways that we can improve. So the past year, we have been working on updating our audit integrity program and our audit quality program, and that is being rolled out now, started at the beginning of the year. Um, so we have a comprehensive audit company acceptance criteria, which I'll show you in a moment, a pioneering audit quality program, and rigorous auditor quality qualification and training scheme. This is the audit company acceptance path. You can see the processes and the steps that they have to go through in order to be qualified to work with us. So in order to be qualified as a third party approved BSCI audit company. Uh, currently we have 13 audit companies. Again, Intertech is one of them and we're not looking for more at this time. We have, we are always on the lookout from our members that they tell us they have audit needs and countries that we have low capacity. We do respond to that. We work with the current audit companies that we have um, and uh, we try to meet those needs. So recently we had our first auditor training here in the U.S. That was in November. So now we have capacity in the U.S. and Canada uh, to meet the needs of our members who have requ audit requirements here. So our audit quality program, um, we do have an audit integrity assurance partner. That's KPMG Banara out of, out of Australia. So we believe that we needed to have a third party to basically oversee our integrity and our quality program to ensure uh, just, uh, just an outside approach and also to reduce any type of conflict of interest. Um, so they manage all our program in, in its entirety. Obviously they do work with us and inform us what's going on. We also feed information to them. We evaluate the management systems of each of our audit companies. So from the top all the way down to uh, how that's being cascaded to the individual auditor. So how is how are audit companies at the head office cascading down to the local office all the way down to the auditor? Um, and not only the requirements of BSCI, but also um, for ethical requirements as well. 
So we do receive complaints and investigations, we, and then we filter them through a system and they could become sanctions. We also have reporting, and then we provide KPIs and audit reliability scores on each of our audit companies. This is a very intense process that I can talk about for a whole hour, but this is just an overview to let you know that we really are working hard to provide um, high quality audits. Here is another snapshot of the quality activities that are taking place. Again, KPMG is managing this for us. So we have on-site and off-site activities um, that, that take place after an audit company is approved uh, for BSCI. Um, they are any types of findings or trends can turn into investigations. They are obviously brought forward to each of the audit companies. We give them chances to remediate. And it's large, most of the time it's issues at the local level. So uh, there's just a gap in, a gap in knowledge or in performance. Um, so we work with our audit companies to, to try to improve. Um, my favorite here is the audit quality survey on the offsite side. So audit quality survey is sent to each producer after every audit. So we send them an automated email. We ask them how their experience was with the audit company that they worked with and the digital auditor, and they can, that's their chance for them to provide us feedback. So it's a 360 approach where we're not only um, just monitoring the auditors themselves, but they can also the, the factories can give us feedback too. For each individual auditor, we are looking at requirements for uh, education, experience, and knowledge. Um, they, each auditor is required to go through a five-day training course with us, then they must pass the exam, and then they must also have shadow audits and um, uh, follow, and then also follow other experienced auditors that are already doing BCI audits. Last, we have an approval scope. So each auditor is not approved to just do audits wherever and for whatever industry. They must be approved by individual country or countries. So that means they need to have language capacity. Um, and they're approved by cluster, where we have four clusters, which are essentially separated by industry. So I think it's like chemical and food and textile and um, uh, like plastics or something else. So they're separated by clusters. So that means that they've had experience auditing in this sector before. They're not new to it. They understand what the challenges are around food, for example, and how to audit a farm, because it's very different than auditing an electronics facility. Uh, and then they're approved for 24 months. Um, oops, grievance mechanisms are key to our to our program. Obviously, this is part of um, this is part of what social responsibility is. We want to ensure that we have an avenue for which workers and anyone that has experience and that's impacted by M4E, they have a way for which they can come to us and report their grievances in the same way that we expect our producers to do so. So we have a place on our website where not only the audit quality survey that I mentioned before, that the producers can come to us with any type of information that they have or grievances, but also through our website anyone is able to submit a grievance towards us um, and with information of course and as much evidence as they can provide and then it goes through a very robust protocol so each one of them is taken seriously they are looked into as much as possible and then they are addressed in, in a timely manner zero tolerance so I did mention that ratings can be ranked from for further audits can be ranked from A through E but there's also another option which is zero tolerance or ZT so we consider zero tolerance issue to be anything from, uh, from bonded labor, forced labor, child labor, um, workers in imminent danger, and unethical business behavior by, by, the, by factory management. So if zero tolerance is identified on, during the audit, the, the auditor will flag these violations and uh, they'll, they'll note the zero tolerance, and then there is a whole protocol that is set into motion after that, and that involves the members. So uh, members are required to get on a call facilitated by us and everyone together collaborative, 
collaboratively works to address whatever the issue is in order to ensure the worker safety and worker well-being of, um, that's going on in the factory. And this takes place within 72 hours of the zero tolerance being identified. Um, it's typically the RSP holder or one member that will say that they'll carry out the remedial processes, but um, it, it does ensure and gives reassurance to, to our members that these issues are being addressed as, as soon as possible. So to support all of our services, not only BSCI, but BEPI and advocacy, we have uh, a separate portal called the Enfori Academy. This is our training platform where we host online trainings as well as in-person workshops. So at any time of day, um, not only our members, but also factories and farms are able to take our training so they can learn how to prepare for the VSAI audit. They can learn how to uh, remediate issues that they found. Um, and then they can also sign up for in-person workshops. So all these are included in the membership fees. They're not an additional cost. Um, and they, uh, we actually just held our first in-person workshops for members here in the U.S. Uh, last month in New York. So um, members were able to understand the importance of social responsibility, how to communicate their involvement with BSCI, not only to their colleagues, but externally, um, and then how to get started with us. So the benefits of BSCI are an improve, uh, to help obviously the, the, what everyone is doing here, we want to improve the social performance of our supply chains. So we're able to do that through BSCI in a collaborative manner. So we're not doing all these uh, parallel actions, but rather we're working together to address the issues within the supply chain. BSCI also helps to reduce costs and efficiency. So uh, last year, I believe, or 2016, we saved our members 54 million US dollars in and cost of what would have been audit fees. So, um, and that was based off of the number of overlap of members that are, that are working with each factory and producer. So um, it, it really does reduce the cost for our members. You have more, more resources to spend on other activities outside of just auditing and focusing on auditing. So we also provide, with that, we provide the capacity building tools through our M4A Academy and, um, and then we are able to, you're able to have just the single platform to manage your audits and manage your producers. We have a clear and consistent approach that everyone has agreed to through the BSCI Code of Conduct. We have avenues for which members are always communicating to us to improve um, ways to meet their needs. And uh, we have, we, through BSCI, you're also able to improve the resilience of your business. So not only being able to um, proactively meet the needs of your customers and meet regulation, um, but you're able to um, to ensure that the, the resilience of your business is already there and you're able to be more flexible when it comes to changes within the market, specifically, uh, you know, we were talking about migrant, migrant um, uh, vulnerable workers, you're able to respond to them more quickly because you're not looking at issues, um, basic issues that should have already been addressed. And of course, helping you improve your business reputation by meeting this by meeting the needs of your customers and your stakeholders. So I already mentioned most of these. We had our first auditor training, our first network connect, which is a member meeting. So bringing all the members together, we talk about updates that are happening at the secretariat level, changes that may be coming forward to you um, in the ways that impact our code of conduct or the way that the audits are being done, whatever it may be. Um, and then it's also a wonderful time for our members to get together to share their challenges and their successes, not only with BSCI, but whatever supply chain or sustainability issues that they're addressing individually. We will be having another Network Connect and workshop in October on the West Coast, probably in the LA area. 
So any business from an SME, so a small to medium company, to a large company or association can join, can join and become an employee member. But basically, you submit an application online, let us know your intent to become a member, um, and once your application is approved, you're able to go ahead and have access to our system, request audits, and of course, join an onboarding webinar. Um, it's important to note that if you do become a member, you have access to BEPI, BSCI, and advocacy. So we have some members that participate in all three, some just with BSCI. It's whatever you need, whatever your, whatever your company can handle at the time. And that's all I have. So, well, we are, thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Assurance in Action. If you would like to learn more about Amphori BSCI, please visit amphori.org or intertech.com. To stay up to date on more industry topics, please subscribe on iTunes or whichever podcasting service you use. Until next episode, this has been Assurance in Action. Mm-hmm.